It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, I promised you we were talking about Kevin Durant every single day this week, baby, and I'm holding up to that promise with a Kevin Durant-themed mailbag to close out KD5 Ways Week. We dig on this episode into questions regarding what would the fit be like on the court if Kevin Durant arrives in Toronto? Is it still a contending team if the Raptors have to trade multiple pieces to land Kevin Durant? We also get into some of the philosophical conundrums, the personality fit, all that stuff. And plus, the most important question about KD, do I like cheesy, white cheddar, or some other variation? We get into all of that on today's episode. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 12 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, July the 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps for free. You can also go to YouTube and support the show over there for free by hitting the big red subscribe button. It is impossible to miss, and it very much helps the show, supports me, makes me feel good, and uh, I am forever indebted to anybody who has already subscribed to the channel, closing in on 2,400 subs, which is lovely. Uh, So thanks for being here, and thanks for making us your first listen of the day. On today's show, I got a whole mailbag full of Kevin Durant-related questions to close out our KD5 Ways Week. If you have not Listen to the previous episodes throughout the week. On Monday, we talked with Vivek Jacob about what trade actually leaves the best team behind, in theory, for Kevin Durant and the Raptors to go win a championship. On Tuesday, we dug into the case against trading for Kevin Durant, the possible downsides. We dug on Wednesday with Will Liu into the reasons you go all in for Kevin Durant. And then yesterday, we did a bit of a mock trade negotiation with Adam Armbrecht from Locked On Nets. You can go back and listen to all of those. I highly recommend it. There's a little playlist on the YouTube channel called Kevin Durant Watch. You can just go and watch all those through if you so please. And today we're closing it out with a mailbag. Lots of awesome questions came in from uh, concerned listeners in some cases and excited listeners in other cases. uh, Kind of, I think, encapsulating the rift between Raptors fans as to whether or not they even want the Raptors to go ahead and make a Kevin Durant trade. And so we're going to get into all of those today. Let's begin, shall we, with, uh, I think, a pretty important question about whether or not Kevin Durant would even want to be in Toronto. This one comes from Nick Gobale. I'm really sorry, Nick, if I'm butchering your last name. There's probably some French intonation to that, and I'm very sorry. Uh, How much more would you give up if KD would say that he wants to play in Toronto for years? Uh, Essentially, minimizing the risk, do you offer, does your offer change? So I've been thinking about this a lot with the whole sort of specter of maybe KD doesn't even want to come to Toronto hanging over everything. I'm just not worried about that. I think if the Raptors are making a deal here, they are 
ensuring that Kevin Durant is at least on board to come and play in Toronto right at right out of the gate. You can never guarantee anything in the NBA over three or four years. It's just not the way it goes, specifically in the player empowerment era where stars have a whole lot of power. And so I don't think you're ever going to be 100% certain that Kevin Durant wants to be around for all four years, even if he says he wants to do that. He just signed a four-year extension with the Nets and then asked for a trade out. And so I think that is always going to be part of the risk when you're making any trade, any player at any time, even guys the Raptors currently have could at some point say, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. Get me to a new situation. I think that's just part of the deal. It's an occupational hazard when you're building NBA teams and you're trying to, you know, swim with the big fishes and get big superstar talent on your team. I am just not worried that Kevin Durant is going to be some sort of malcontent if he joins the Toronto Raptors. I feel pretty confident, A, that the sort of pressure on him will be pretty extreme. We don't know what motivates Kevin Durant. He might be happy with what his career has accomplished so far. He might just want to go somewhere and hoop with his pals, and that's totally fair and a totally justifiable way for him to view his career. But I get the sense that this is kind of the last opportunity for Kevin Durant to truly kind of make his mark as one of the all-time greats and add to the championship you know, totals and finals MVP totals, maybe another MVP to his ledger, which I believe he only has one, which is kind of insane. It feels like if he were to end up on Toronto, there would be a good enough team in place Otherwise, they're not making the trade for him to compete and go and win championships, get deep into playoffs, all that stuff. And I think the sort of allure of kind of reclaiming the narrative of his, of his career career will be quite a lot. You know, again, I don't know what drives Kevin Durant. I don't know if he cares about narrative or any of this stuff. He probably really doesn't. He's a man who loves to post. He seems like he's got a pretty, I think, level-headed worldview in a lot of ways. Like, I, he might not really care about the narrative about his NBA career, but when you get sort of shots thrown at you from all angles, I, I would imagine it probably sits with you a little bit. So I guess for me, the calculation that KD would just come to Toronto and be like, I don't want to play here. I just don't see that happening. It, it just feels pretty far-fetched. And I don't think the Raptors are making that trade if there's any inclination that Kevin Durant is going to sort of sulk his way out of town in short order. Again, it just feels like not something KD's sort of legacy in the league can really afford. And again, this requires him to actually care about that, which maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I'm leaning towards he probably cares at least a little bit. And I think the team left behind would be really good. He would be embraced by the city. He would be an absolute hero. The same way anyone who was concerned about the Kawhi Leonard trade back in 2018, oh no, the team's, you know, this they've traded DeMar. This is so ghoulish, so unbelievable. People loved Kawhi Leonard within like two games playing with the Raptors. You get that double chase down block with Danny Green and people were pretty, I think, on board with the Kawhi Leonard experience. I would imagine it would be a similarly quick turnaround time for anyone skeptical about Kevin Durant on the Raptors. And I, I just think it would be a really good marriage of player and team. Yes, there's the sort of personality questions. And another question came in that I'm not going to get to specifically here, pointing to an interview that Will Liu did on the Raptors show with Andy Liu, who talked about the sort of difficulty KD might have had with, you know, forging friendships and relationships within the Warriors locker room. Ultimately, they still won two championships and made three finals with Kevin Durant on the team. I'm not terribly concerned about that element of things either. It just feels like, to me, 
he's so good. He's such a supernova of a talent, and he has a lot invested in his next stop being somewhere where he has a lot of personal and team success. That I'm just less concerned about the sort of malcontent asking for a trade, you know, agitating to get out of Toronto being a thing that's going to happen. And if so, then you recoup some of the value that you traded out for Kevin Durant. If he says after two years, you know what, I'm done, get me out of here, then okay, you trade him away and you get some of the value back. You don't get all of it probably, but you get some of it and you can kind of go forward with your lives. I, I think that is just not, there's other, there's other reasons to be concerned about Kevin Durant, namely the price to acquire Kevin Durant. But I don't think the sort of locker room stuff is nearly as big a deal as it's being suggested that it would be. And I mean, look at the culture the Raptors have. If you keep Fred Van Vliet, if you keep Pascal Siakam, you have Nick Nurse, you have freaking Masai Ujiri, who everybody respects the hell of, hell out of. I just think it's sort of a almost the believe in your city, believe in yourself situation all over again. Like, just believe in the structure and the culture and the program the Raptors have built up. And I think that's going to be a pretty good landing spot for any Met, you know, disgruntled star, you know, Kevin Durant sort of chief among well, chief among them as we talk about him right now. Really good question from Nick. But again, I just think the concerns about him like wanting out, that does not seem to hold water for me. If the Raptors are making the trade, it's because Kevin Durant has given it the all clear and is at least willing to give it a shot. And my hunch is that once he gives it a shot with a team that has the talent the Raptors would in theory have around him, he'll be pretty all right with the situation. Uh, great question. We're going to continue on here, dive into a few more of your Kevin Durant related questions on today's show. Before we do that, however, I want to tell you about our friends over at Truebill, who are a company made for me, a person who forgets things all the time. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's literally a business scam trying to get money out of you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. And this must happen to you all the time because it happens to me. I sign up for a free trial of something. I sign up for uh, a sports streaming app just to watch a specific event. I get the free trial. I think I'm a genius. I'm watching the stuff for free. And then all of a sudden I'm paying for DAZN in a way I did not want to be paying for it. And I I'm just sitting there just holding the bag. Truebill is here to help you identify those subscriptions you no longer want and help you cancel them just in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there whenever you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions as well. So you don't have to. Any product with a concierge is going to get my seal of approval. Let me tell you, Truebill has over 2 million users that have helped them save over $100 million that is incredible. You might save, I don't know, for example, like Matthew B, who is a happy customer quoted in the copy here, saved 660 bucks for the year on his direct TV bill. That's awesome. That's incredible. That is what Truebill is here to help you do, is to save you money that you don't want to be spending anyway. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you a whole bucket of money. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your Kevin Durant-themed mailbag show. Let's dig in now to uh, this question here from Jago underscore 47, a little bit kind of tied to the previous question, and it's a vibes-related question. This question is, 
How do you think the Raptors players named as trade targets will be affected by the KD rumors? Does this have a chance of hurtling, hurting the team chemistry? Also, there was much talk about a Fred extension that has disappeared. This could hurt morale. Uh, the Fred extension thing, I, I would assume that's going to get done at some point. The moratorium just ended. There's still plenty of work to be done. And I would imagine the Raptors are waiting to see what happens with this Kevin Durant thing. So they kind of know what their financial situation is before they put pen to paper with Fred VanVleet on an extension. I would not be concerned about that whatsoever it's gone quiet but i think because of the kevin durant thing a lot of things have gone quiet in the nba i would assume they'll pick up momentum on a fred extension once that is sort of all squared away as far as the guys who are named in the trade you know conversations i mean this is part of like the human toll of being a basketball player right like you often sort of throw these guys out make trade machines and you know look at the screen caps and say oh that, that who says no to that you know, it's got to be at least something in the minds of these players when you're getting thrown around in all sorts of potential trades. And I don't think anyone on the team is under any sort of illusions that they're like not better, that they're better than Kevin Durant and therefore could not be included in a deal, right? Like this is something where when the superstars become available, everyone I think is probably on notice because that's how this league operates. And I would assume that's sort of something that's baked into the NBA experience. Again, this would be something interesting to talk about guys with for sure. Um, and might be something that we can dig into, you know, if we you know get into the season, maybe the, we get locker room access back again and stuff like that. It becomes a little bit easier to kind of dig into this sort of question. But I think for me, I, I would assume these guys kind of are used to it by now and, and that it's just part of their day to day and they understand, hey, we make lots of money to play in the NBA. Sometimes our names are going to be thrown around in trade rumors and that's just part of the deal. Um, but yeah, you would hope that it's a hope you'd hope there's open communication between the team and players. This obviously didn't really happen with DeMar DeRozan back in 2018. And so maybe the Raptors, hopefully the Raptors have learned something from that. Um, obviously, there's only so much you can say, right? You can't just be like, well, we're not trading you because, you know, you never know. Maybe the trade offer is too good to pass up and you simply must part with guys who you otherwise didn't really want to to get Kevin Durant on your team. It's just, you know, it's part of the... Again, the calculus, the reckoning of being a front office person, there, there's lots of sort of things at play here. The personal thing being kind of an underrated and slept on part of it. These guys are pros, though. Like, they've been through trade rumors. They've been through Kyle Lowry's departure. They've been through the Kawhi Leonard stuff and the sort of uncertainty that came after his one season in Toronto and the rumors flying around about, oh, they're going to trade Pascal and Fred for Paul George and blah, 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 blah. Like, th there's all this sorts of stuff that, that kind of flies around all the time in the NBA. So I would assume there's probably some sort of numbness to it. Doesn't mean it's great. Like, I, I wouldn't want to be one of these players who is stuck in this position, sort of pondering their future. But I guess the best you can hope for is communication from the team on down. And uh, I guess, you know, we don't really know if that's happening right now. It's probably something that would come out after a Kevin Durant trade negotiation. But I would assume that there's at least some sort of open dialogue going on. And I think also an understanding that it's Kevin Durant. Like this is just part of the part of the deal sometimes. And trades are sort of part of the fabric of the NBA. And again, a reason why these guys get paid as much money as they do. Uh, let's go to the next question here. This one comes from Con Lahulahan, who asks, Do you think the Raptors are more involved to be are more involved in being a third team in a Kevin Durant trade? Something like Gary's fee, Birch Flynn for Aiton, all that stuff, and then adds to the net hall, add to the Nets hall of getting, uh, you know, Kevin Durant off their hands, probably sending him to the Suns, all that. 
I still think there's a chance the Raptors are somehow involved in a three-teamer here. I think it gets less likely the more the rumors about the Pacers and DeAndre Ayton kind of, you know, start to foment here a little bit. Um, you know, if Ayton signs an offer sheet with the Pacers, I would imagine the Suns probably just match it, honestly. And then they're kind of out of the KD sweepstakes in a lot of ways because Ayton is kind of their meal ticket towards getting Kevin Durant. And so that Pacers thing is something to really keep an eye on here. If that happens, I would imagine the Raptors are probably out as a third team because I really only see the way the Raptors get in as a third team here is to get DeAndre Ayton. I don't see them getting in the mix to get Ben Simmons in the event the Nets are trying to acquire someone who's on a five-year rookie extension because you can't have two players of that ilk on your team because of the CBA. So if they say there's like a three-teamer with like Donovan Mitchell going to Brooklyn, I don't really see the Raptors jumping in on Ben Simmons. I just think he is so much of a question mark right now, way bigger of like a questionable cultural fit and sort of uh, personality fit than even Kevin Durant would be with the Raptors. Don't really see them pulling the trigger on that. And so unless it's Aiton that they're getting in a three-teamer, and we've talked about some different variations of three-team trades with Phoenix and Brooklyn to get Aiton on the Raptors, they're pretty difficult to pull off. Um, and, you know, there's sort of the value judgment of, hey, like how much are we actually going to give out here? We're trying to help the Nets package be worth them giving up Kevin Durant so we can in turn get DeAndre Ayton. But how much is too much? Do you put Precious Achua in a deal because you're getting Ayton? It's all very complex and difficult. Um, and so I think it's probably less likely than it is likely that they sort of Get, are getting on a three-team deal at this point uh, just because it's hard to make any trade happen and any trade is kind of less likely than it is likely to happen and i also think just the way the landscape is sort of taking shape here and our pal blake murphy talked about this with zach Lowe yesterday on the low post um you know th there's not a really crazy market right now out there for a kevin durant bidding war and so the Raptors might end up just being the team that makes the most sense for Brooklyn. If the best offer they can get is OG plus Trent plus maybe Precious Achua for Kevin Durant plus whatever picks, you know, that might just be that the, the deal they have to take and the three-teamer kind of falls off the table. And I really think the three-teamer falls off the table if this Pacers-Aiden thing does come to fruition. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure throughout the weekend. We could kind of know by Monday what the deal is there is there's reports that the Pacers are kind of loading up and potentially throwing that offer towards Aiden. And again, that would really complicate things for Phoenix. Probably take them out of the KD sweepstakes, honestly, because Aiton would not be able to be traded. He could veto any trade for a year signing that offer sheet. And, you know, it just becomes really, really complex for the Suns to pull something off that would be enough, I think. And it would really work in the Raptors' favor, I would say, as well, because that just takes one other team out of the running. Maybe the team with the next best offer to what the Raptors can throw on the table. So... Uh, fascinating stuff for sure. I would probably bet against them being part of the three-teamer now just based on the way the landscape is looking, but that can change very quickly because maybe this is the NBA. Uh, let's go to the next question here. Uh, this one comes from RapsFan902 asking, if you are trading for Kevin Durant, what is a realistic number of games you can expect him to play more or less than Kawhi did? Uh, Kawhi, I believe, played, I want to say he played 60 games that season, 58 games. Let me pull that up just to confirm. Um, there's another question that came in as well regarding do you load manage uh, Kevin Durant if you bring him in? And I would assume there will be some sort of load management going on there just because, uh, yeah, he played 60 games, Kawhi did. So over under 60 games, I'd probably put it right around 60 games, honestly. Uh, I think you could hopefully feel comfortable in resting Kevin Durant because of the other talent you have on the team, you know, barring having to trade all the damn talent away to go and get Kevin Durant. Um, you know, I, I think that is... It's a fascinating conundrum for sure. I, I don't really know. 
um, what there is obviously depends on the medicals and stuff like that too. But I, I would guess that they would probably load manage Kevin Durant. Probably not. It's the same sort of uh, like with the same regimented style they did with Kawhi, where he never played back to backs or anything like that. But they would be mindful. And I honestly think having KD on the team would help them just kind of manage everybody a little bit, right? You can always have one of KD, ideally Fred and ideally Pascal, if they're still on the team together, uh, on the floor at once to kind of run the show. You can divvy up those creation burdens. Obviously, Scott. Scotty Barnes would ideally be on the team in this situation as well. And I think it's possible that you kind of make it so everyone can kind of just play 30, 32 minutes a night, put your best guys on the floor to close games. You would be a team that's in playoff mode, right? It wouldn't be like the last regular season where the Raptors said out loud quite often, hey, we're playing these games sort of to win because when else are we going to get this experience? We're not going deep in the postseason. We're just going to try to win close games now, really give our best effort, do what we can to win as many games as we can in the regular season. If you have Kevin Durant on your team, that's less of a concern. As long as you're a top six team, you probably feel pretty comfortable. You want to go for home court, of course, if you can. But I really think that you can kind of go into playoff mode. And we're worrying. This is 82 preseason games, kind of like Kawhi said back in 2018 or 2019. Um, it's kind of a similar idea. And I think that would allow you to be pretty careful with Durant um, and you know ensure that he's not being overburdened. You can't have him do what he did for the Nets last year, which was essentially what Fred did for the Raptors last year and what Pascal did without somehow breaking down because he's machine um you can't have him play 38 minutes a game there's just no way um so whether it's just watching the minutes per night giving him nights off things like that i would probably put it at like 63 64 games barring some extended injury that you get kevin durant into the lineup good question though uh we're gonna finish up with a couple of more related kevin durant questions and then of course a question about kd the real kd the delicious delicious snack food snack food meal i don't know macaroni and cheese baby we're gonna talk about that coming up on the other side but first let me tell you about our friends over at betonline.net your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info find all the latest sports developments including kevin durant trade odds over at betonline.net the raptors still number two in the odds to land KD. So not great value, I guess, but still plus money if you want to go and throw a couple bucks down on the Raptors getting KD. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, scores, injuries. You get podcasts breaking everything down so you can become the informed wager when you slap your money down on the table or the internet table. It's not really a table, but you know what I mean. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and one-off events like MMA fights, boxing matches, and of course, big-time golf tournaments and tennis tournaments like Wimbledon. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and the action at betonline.net, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's round it out here. A couple more mailbag questions to whet your appetite to close out KD Five Ways Week. This question comes in from our pal Nick once again, who asks, if OG Gary Trent Jr. and Precious are traded, who is the last starter? First off, I want to just talk about the OG Gary Trent Precious trio and why I still think, even though that's a tough pill to swallow, if that's ultimately the price to get Kevin Durant, I think you have to pull the trigger on that because you set yourself up with a big four of Kevin Durant, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. And that is 
bananas. Like that is such a good big four that has the capacity to get an even become an even better big four as Scotty Barnes kind of grows into what he's going to be. That to me is like the, it's not ideal because you want to keep precious, but I still think you have to do it. You would still have bench pieces like Otto Porter and Thad Young and Chris Boucher, of course. And then you obviously probably have to go and play on the buyout market. Hope that a couple of your deep rotation guys like a Delano Banton or a Justin Champagny kind of hit. Maybe you believe in Malachi Flynn. I necessarily don't, but maybe that happens. Maybe Svima Hailuk has a reasonable season. It's hard to say, but I still think there's at least seven guys there you can count on. And ultimately, when the playoffs come around, that's all you need. Seven or eight guys is kind of what you need in the postseason to survive a regular season. Yeah, you want some more depth, but again, the top-end talent there I think is too good to pass up if that comes down to, to happen. So you end up with Scotty Barnes, Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet as your sort of main four guys. From there, I think it gets really interesting as to who you want to bring in as the fifth starter. I think you could probably go the route of bringing in Otto Porter Jr. and just roll Pascal and or Scotty as your five. You're very long and you're still kind of doing vision six foot nine, a little bit less defensively potent without OG, obviously, without Precious, obviously, but the offense of that lineup, the spacing of that lineup, buddy, that it would be pretty, pretty incredible. So I think that's probably the move. You just kind of roll with your small ball lineups and you just say, you know what? No one's ever going to keep up with us scoring wise. Even if we kind of struggle on defense, we figure it out. I also think there's also the sort of option of going with either Kem Birch to be your starter, a more traditional five, or you bring in Chris Boucher to be sort of your rim rolling, offensive rebounding, sort of traditional five. He, he doesn't really play the five all that much anymore. He kind of is more that rangy, wingy four who kind of goes out, blocks threes and stuff like that, um, sort of gets really caught up in the Raptors rotation machine but I think he could probably pass as your starting center in that kind of lineup as well especially if there's any sort of bounce back in his three-point shooting um you know I, I suppose the other option as well is you bring in Thad Young as like a small ball playmaking five that could be fun too you, you would have to go and sign a center I'm assuming maybe you, you go out and see who's left on the on the buyout market maybe you go and make a trade another trade elsewhere maybe you package Kem Birch plus uh, you know, some sort of future, although most of the futures are probably going out the door in a Kevin Durant deal, but maybe there's a way to sort of move Kevin Ken Birch in something for a more sort of reliable, steady starting center. That was a tongue twister. Um, but yeah, I think you can go lots of different ways. I would guess Otto Porter Jr. is probably the number five starter, though, if it's OG Gary Trent Jr. and Precious, which hurts for sure. But I also think if you make that happen, you have a couple years to kind of build up the team, right? You have four years of Kevin Durant, probably two or three years of an actual window. Even if the team is not 100% perfect next year, it'll still be damn good and have a real shot. You have the deadline, all of that. Uh, but I still think you kind of have a couple more years to kind of build in that back part of the rotation as well. Maybe Christian Coloco comes along by the time it's the second year or whatever it is. And you have that starting center that you're okay with rolling out there. Um, one more question about the uh, trade itself, the KD itself, and then we'll get into a fun one. This one comes from Epic Moppus. Since number seven is being retired for Kyle and 35 will be retired for Christian Coloco, what jersey number should KD go with in Toronto? Er Eric always dropping the very good numerology questions. Um, I mean, yeah, 35 will be retired for Christian Coloco. This is fact. We know this. Um, 
Poor guy, by the way. He, he declared that his favorite player of all time is Kevin Durant in his introductory press conference with the Raptors and is now sitting there waiting to see if he gets to have his number, which is 35, or if he has to seed it. Because again, jokes aside, I'm assuming he's probably giving up 35 to Kevin Durant if KD does, in fact, come to Toronto. But maybe KD wants something fresh. Maybe he wants to go with something new and, and, and you know inventive. I would like it if he kind of took up the number of like a Raptors classic player, um, maybe a number eight in an ode to Jose Calderon, maybe a number 15 in an ode to Amir Johnson and Vince Carter and Anthony Bennett, of course. Um, or, you know, you know me, I like weird numbers. Go with a Bizarro 95 or something like that uh, just to get super weird. And uh, or like a 53, you can go the reverse number, I suppose, of 35, 77. You get double sevens. I always like it. It happens in hockey a lot. Guys who can't get number seven will just go 77. I always like that number quite a bit. So yeah, uh, those are the options, I think, if Kevin Durant is forced to not wear 35. I'm assuming he would not be allowed to wear number seven. Even though it's not officially retired yet, it should be officially retired. Um, last question here. This one comes from uh, Adam R. Boyd asking, ketchup or no ketchup, original or extra cheesy? Have you tried the spicy version? We're talking about Kraft Dinner to close out the show. I promised it was KD week, baby. Uh, look, I have an interesting relationship with Kraft Dinner in that I kind of stopped eating it after eating only it for about an entire two years. Moved into a house in my second year university. We bought like a, I don't know, like a 200 pack of KD between the four of us. And it was a staple meal for a very long time in one of my more unhealthy and unhinged phases of my entire life. Um, and I have pretty specific preferences when it comes to easy mac and cheese. KD is actually not my preferred. I'm an Annie's guy myself. It's a little better. It makes you feel like you're having a little bit better for you, even though it's obviously not. I'm an Annie's boy. Um, but when it comes to regular KD, I like this typical standard KD. I like uh, a little bit more butter than is asked for, a little bit less milk than is asked for. I like a nice buttery KD. Uh, and I'm not a ketchup person at all. Ketchup, look, I have opinions on ketchup. I guess I'll share them on this basketball podcast. Uh, I, you know, I don't hate ketchup. I understand that it has an appeal. My opinion on ketchup is that there's always a better option than ketchup for literally anything you put ketchup on. Fries, you got a nice aioli or something like that. Gravy is way better than ketchup for fries. You get grilled cheese. Yeah, sure, you can do ketchup or you can be an adult and dip it into tomato soup. Uh, hot dog, put mustard on that bad boy over ketchup all day long. And with Kraft Dinner... I'm a hot sauce guy. I love a hot sauce in a KD. I also love a little barbecue sauce sometimes. It can be kind of nice. Maybe you get a little hot barbecue, mix it all in. Um, but I, you know, I'm pretty specific. I'll do like some fresh cracked black pepper on top, just a touch of salt, and then I will go uh, barbecue sauce or hot sauce or both. Those are kind of my go-tos. I also like a hot dog uh, when I'm sort of in, and I'm feeling a little bit more infantile. I will cut up some hot dogs and throw it into my KD as well. Um, but yeah, as far as like the flavors. I have not tried the Flamin' Hot KD. As someone who loves Flamin' Hot Cheetos, I have not decided to take the plunge on the KD just yet, but it's something I probably should try because I don't know how that could be bad. Flamin' Hot is like the greatest flavor ever ex ever known to man. So I, I, would, I would assume I would like those pretty much. And I'm also, again, I like the, the hot sauce in my KD, so why not just go straight to the source and get it right in that sweet, sweet, delicious powder. Um, and then, yeah, I, I am also pretty 
pro like the white cheddar variations on these things as well little shells i'm pretty happy with that's why i like the annie's annie's has a little bit more in terms of variation annie's if you want to sponsor the podcast please do uh either way yeah those are my opinions on kd don't put ketchup in it you heathens Uh, be an adult have an advanced palate put some hot sauce in there um you know if you have some like leftover i don't know barbecue pork or barbecue chicken that's always pretty good in there too it's not bad it's pretty good it's pretty good little buffalo chicken Ooh. Okay, I'm going to have some KD for lunch. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for this week's, or this, I guess this week's, of this, of this week's lineup of episodes. My God, it's been a long week. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for today. Please subscribe to, follow, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. It's always appreciated when you support the show in that way. And you can also make your second listen of the day. Locked on NBA is there continually covering all of the wild stuff going down this NBA offseason. They are doing a fantastic job there. Different hosts every single day. The episode breaking down uh, the latest in the Kevin Durant rumors with our pal Nick Angstat and Pat the Designer on Thursday was really great. So you can go check that out and uh, subscribe to that show on YouTube as well. We'll be back again Monday. we got Summer League to talk about. The first Summer League game goes down on Monday or Saturday night, I think it is. So we'll talk about that Monday with Vivek Jacob, and we'll obviously update you on anything related to the Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton stuff. I'm sure we'll hear something this week but uh, or this weekend. But until then, thank you very, very much. We'll talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Have a great weekend. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.